Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Wind energy and renewable energy are extremely topical at the moment, with the promise of wind and other renewable energy at the forefront of our mind here in Wexford. Last week we started a segment called Green Horizon, which will take place for the next 10 weeks as we look at wind and other renewable energies. We'll be talking to a number of experts, and I'm joined now, has spoken to me before, by the Chief Executive of Wind Energy Ireland, Noel Kniff. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Alan. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. You were asking me how Wexford is today. Well, it's fine and it's bright and it's sunny. And more, most important of all, Noel, it's quite windy. Is that good news? Fantastic. Great news. Good news for the people of Ireland that uh, there's, there's wind out there producing clean, renewable energy, helping to drive down carbon emissions and costs for consumers too. And before I get into the core of our chat today, which we have a lot to get through about the grid, we're going to look at the grid in, in, in detail. But first of all, Wexford and Rosslair and the county as a whole, how well positioned are we to capitalise on the potential with wind in, within wind energy? Wexford's extremely well positioned. Um, as all of your listeners will know, you've got one of Ireland's main ports right on your doorstep with Rosslare Port. And Rosslare Port have enormous plans to become uh, a future energy hub, not just for Ireland, but for all of Europe when it comes to trying to uh, develop and construct offshore wind energy for the, the seas around Ireland and in other jurisdictions. And in other countries where ports have become these energy hubs where they've constructed offshore wind energy, they tend to attract a lot of uh, industry uh, to the area. So they become education centres, they become skills development centres. So there's a really bright future ahead, I think, for the County of Wexford when it comes to renewable energy and particularly when it comes to constructing offshore wind energy over the coming decades. And look, last week it was discussed in in quite a lot of detail on this programme. We, We looked at the positives here, but also the need for government support and government intervention quite quickly. Are you in a position to comment on this, No, uh, as to how important that is. Uh, at the moment, we're told that only Belfast up north is, is equipped to actually uh, pitch straight away. How, how, how important is it that we get government funding in this area? It, that, you're exactly right. At the moment, Belfast Harbour is the only port on the island of Ireland that's able to construct an offshore wind farm. And if we're to hit our 2030 targets, we're going to need to build about 10 offshore wind farms around the coast of Ireland. And all of those can't be built simultaneously from Belfast. So we need investment in other ports around the island or else we simply will not be able to hit our 2030 targets or the offshore wind firms that we're constructing off our coast will be constructed from ports outside of Ireland in Great Britain and in France. So instead of creating that job opportunity for Wexford and for other regions, we're going to be creating employment in other jurisdictions in Europe. And that's not what we want. We want to build Irish offshore wind firms from Irish ports and therefore create Irish jobs. If we're to do that, then we need to put funding into the ports as soon as possible so that they're there and they're ready begin constructing these offshore wind farms in about 2026, 2027. Yeah, and that's one of the targets when I'm speaking to Glenn Carr, who you and I would both know very well. He's mm. mentioned 2026. So, like, the actual pitching of these, the quotations for these, uh, the tendering for these, how close are they and how important is it that that funding be provided? Glenn and the team have, have fantastic plans in Rosslare and similarly with other ports around the island. The plans are there. They're in place now. Uh, what they need at the moment is almost uh, it's, it's seed funding, really, to get the projects up and running, to get that early stage development work done, to get the projects into planning so that they can begin engaging with Umbor Planola and other local planning authorities and then ultimately get planning permission in the next 12 
to 24 months. Once they have that, then construction should take place in 20, yeah. tw- late 2024, 2025, and hopefully they'll be ready for 2026. But we do need government action. Government need to act on this, and they need to step okay. in and provide some of that early stage funding. So it's up to the likes of you, Noel, up to the likes of us as a radio station, up to all our politicians, all our elected representatives, councillors and Oireachtas members to drive this on. Is that what it comes to? It needs a massive team, team effort from all of us. This, the, the opportunity that offshore wind presents to Ireland as a country is extraordinary. It's larger than anything that we have at the moment. Our, our sea area is seven times our land area. We're the envy of Europe when it comes to the wind uh, potential that we have and the sea area that we have. And we will become energy independent as a country, I've no doubt about that, but we will also yeah. be a huge contributor to energy independence for Europe and getting ports and getting investment is yeah. the first step in that journey. All right, now, in the time we have left, we have a good, we have six or seven minutes left. Let's look at the history of electricity, a history of energy here in Ireland at the moment and what the grid does. Can you give me the, a little bit of a, a background to our, uh, our, our own electricity system, our own history, please, Noel? Yeah, happy to do so. Um, so Ireland's uh, journey with electricity began about 100 years ago. So uh, Ardna Crusha Power Station in County Clare is a hydroelectric facility. It was built over the course of about seven years between 1922, 1922 and 1929. And would you believe in the 20- 1930s, Ardna Crusha, which is a renewable resource, was servicing about 80% of Ireland's overall electricity. So our grid really started from that point in Clare and then developed right the way across the country. And that continued to grow and grow and expand into the 1950s where we had rural electrification. So the ESB at the time would go out to local towns and villages and sell the benefits of electricity, of having light, of having heating, of having uh, an ability to cook and, and to use other appliances in your house that you never would have been able to before. And that led to further then expansion and growth in our electricity demand. Uh, that then led to, uh, in 1980s, a huge amount of investment in Money Point Power Plant, uh, which many of you will be familiar with. It's a coal plant on the West Coast, and that serviced a huge amount of Ireland's electricity needs, and, and it's still online today. Yeah. We're working now towards turning the system towards renewable energy, and our journey with that then began in the 1990s, where, where the first onshore wind farm connected onto the Irish electricity grid in 1992. What does the grid actually do? So the grid is uh, the uh, it's the transportation system for how we move power around. So power is generated by uh, by electricity generators, and they could be fueled using uh, historically gas or coal or oil. But more recently, uh, by wind energy, uh, we have about forty percent, thirty to forty percent of our electricity demand comes from wind energy, yeah. and increasingly we're now connecting solar generation onto the system as well. So the power is generated at those sites, and then the electricity grid is used to transport that power to our homes and our businesses and, and towns and cities right around Ireland. And it uses overhead lines, it uses underground cables that go underneath roadways, um, and it uses things like electricity substations, which act as hubs to be able to, to move energy around to different parts of the country. And are we connected to other countries as well? We are, we are indeed, yeah. Uh, so Ireland's electricity grid, we're an island, obviously, so uh, we try and use interconnectors, they're called electricity interconnectors, to connect to other jurisdictions. So at the moment, there's two interconnectors uh, between Ireland and Great Britain. One is just north of Dublin, it goes over towards Wales, and then one is actually in Northern Ireland, and that goes over to Scotland. 
Uh, there's also a, uh, a new electricity interconnector being constructed currently, or it's about to start construction uh, between Ireland and France. And then there's another one that's in construction at the moment as well between uh, Ireland and Great Britain. So overall, we are interconnected to these other countries. That's going to grow and grow over time, as we mentioned at the start of the call. Once we uh, become a renewable energy exporter here in Ireland, we're going to need to be much more connected to the European supergrid, where a lot of countries are connected together, where they can take advantage of Ireland's wind energy when we have it available. And then perhaps in the summertime when we don't have as much wind energy available, we can take advantage of perhaps the sunny parts of Europe like Spain, Portugal, France and import their solar energy using those interconnectors. That language of electricity, can you simplify it for us please? Yeah, it's often quite complicated. Uh, People talk about megawatts and power and cables and Really what it is, is is everyone consumes electricity. If you turn on your light, if you turn on your oven, if you turn on your your television, if you watch Netflix at night, um, all of that is utilising electricity. And it's up to ourselves in the energy sector to be able to communicate that in as simple as a way possible because more and more of our lives are going to be electrified. The best way to decarbonise the heat and the transport sectors and and remove the likes of oil heating, gas heating, remove petrol, diesel cars. It's all to to put a plug on the energy that we're using. If we can put a plug on our car with electric vehicles, if we can put a plug on our heating through heat pumps, then it's the best way to decarbonise our society. And the grid itself and the importance for Wexford, why is a good grid important to this county? A good grid is important to every county, but particularly for Wexford, it's going to be important because of what I mentioned at the beginning, the potential that Ross Lair and the rest of the county has to become an industrial uh, uh, behemoth, really, for offshore wind energy in the future. There's a huge amount of uh, jobs opportunities, training opportunities, industrial opportunities that will come from offshore wind energy and other countries around Europe where they have these anchor ports that are there to help support and facilitate the construction of renewable energy, they do become almost industrial hubs. So having an electricity grid is really important that you can service the electricity demand of consumers, but also attract industry into the region. And as I mentioned, more and more of our lives is going to be electrified. So our electricity demand as a country is going to increase quite a bit over the next 10, 20, 30 years. We need the grid to be there to be able to deliver that. Very enlightening. Really enjoyed talking to you this morning, Noel. But let's finish as we started, where it's all shoulders to the wheel now to get that core funding, to to get this across the line. And time is of the essence, am I right? Exactly. We need that funding. We need those ports up and running in the next three years or so if we're to have any chance of hitting our 2030 targets and capturing those jobs from Ireland's offshore wind farms. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.